This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus. And now, Fox and Stallion is offering special director's commentary to all Fable and Folly Plus supporters, still entirely ad-free. Fable and Folly Plus. Sign up today at fableandfolly.com slash plus. Yes, this is Hampton Fox. Yes, I... Archie, hello! Archie, what's he doing calling? Never mind, I'm not here. Uh, James is actually here as well, yes. Do you want to... Well, all right. What? Why wouldn't he want to talk to me? Why don't you want to talk to me? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, what? That can't be good. No. No. No! Well, goddammit, now I'm interested. What's he saying? What's he saying? Is it about how he doesn't think we can solve this because I swear to God? Yes. Of course. Well, I'll send your love to... Absolutely. Uh, So, would you say... He hung up. He did? Without 15 minutes of goodbyes? Maybe he's realised it's 5pm on a Saturday and he had better things to do than calling you. Highly likely, Madge. Hurtful, but likely. Well? It's very rare he has this captive of an audience. Let him enjoy this. James. Madge. It appears that while we were investigating a crime at the Crimeria Estate, another crime was being committed! I wouldn't necessarily call it a crime so much as an out-of-practice jockey finding a way back on the horse. Were you the horse? It seems that somehow the Crimeria family jewels have been returned. What? What? But the jewels that had been returned were counterfeit. What? What? But we've been officially charged to investigate this new wrinkle in our case by Scotland Yard. What? What? Wait, they said that? Well, no, but... We've been charged by a member of Scotland Yard, so, really, by transitory nature, we've been charged by Scotland Yard. Sounds about right to me. And, um, well, Archie, that is Scotland Yard, uh, may have also mentioned once or twice, not entirely sure that he, uh, that is they, may not want you, James, involved. That son of a- Which is fine! It's fine, because- I'm telling you now. This is unbelievable. I actually can't believe him. I mean, you make two excellent salmon dinners, then what? You're just the cook? Lot of honor in that trade. To hell with honor! You can't hold honor! You can't cash in on honor! I can still flirt with the devil on the old dirt road, no matter what he says. What? I know you can! 
And he'll know it too, once we solve this thing. But I want him to know I could solve it now. Good God, man, you sound like a child. That's Hampton's forte, not yours. You're better than that. Thank you? I know. You know? You're saying no one in your life at any point has ever thought, nah, he ain't it. No! Yeah, makes sense. Trust me, James, if there's anything I understand, it's people not believing in you. But this is our chance to prove to Archie, prove to the world that we are fully capable of solving a case. This one specifically. But we need to start working now. Because even though this new wrinkle indicates that the real Drool Thief is still out there, Crimea isn't dropping the charges against Eliza Fletchley. Right. Uh, right. So, that means... If we find the real thief, we have all the proof we need. Exactly. See? You can't stop the deductions once they start coming. It's like a leaky faucet. And we're just the plumbers who are going to fix your faucets. Wait, now we have to be plumbers? Hampton, I was just a city sanitation worker for my last disguise. I was hoping our next would be something a bit more velvet and brandy. What? No. We don't have to be... No, no. We don't want to fix the leaky faucet. We want to keep the deductions pouring out like water from a faucet. Am I not being clear with my metaphor right now? Nah, you're just in pep talk mode. He's emotionally out to lunch, and I saw it as a good opportunity to create some playful confusion. Why would you think that would be a useful thing to do? I'm a pot stirrer. What can I say? Fox and Stallion by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. Part 6. The Case of the 23rd line. Okay, okay, okay. Love the newfound enthusiasm we all have for the evidence wall. Can we just be careful with the golem attack map, please? <laughs> right, because you'll be getting right back to that one in no time. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I believe you. Right, so, suspects so far. First, in the interest of being fair, suspect number one, Eliza Fletchley. Boo, us entertaining this. I know. Long-time housekeeper of the second floor of the Crimea estate where the jewels were kept. Motive? Money. It's likely that the Crimerias don't pay generously. Uh, she could have stolen them in the hope of leaving her daughter some crime-adjacent financial stability. However, while she had opportunity, I doubt she has the means to pull off a job of this caliber in her advanced years. Uh, plus, there is the matter of the key, the fact that the jewels were not recovered in her home... And no way she could have returned the jewels while still in jail. Exactly. Therefore... Suspect number two... Oscar de Gouche, Jonathan Crimeria's bodyguard. Terrible energy, very rude, sturdy as a goddamn tree trunk. I find that suspicious. Good, James. And he was the first to shift blame to Mrs. Fletchley, which seems extremely suspect for a suspect such as he. But why? Because his boss is a twat? He is, but perhaps we need more than that? Oh, because he's involved in some sort of underworld gambling ring on the side? Whoa, that's a leap. Where are you getting that from? Rich people love gambling. For some, it's the only thrill they can still feel. Besides, Crimea did mention that it was Oscar's idea to auction off the jewels in the first place, which is either suspicious or very cruel, because, my God, they were beautiful. Fantastic. I love that. Sordid and sensational. They'll love that in the Times. Focus, Hampton. Right. Anyone else? 
Suspect number three, Farina Sazerac, bookkeeper of the Crimea estate. She's obviously up to some shady dealings on the side, doing Crimea's dirty work. Maybe she wanted to go clean and thought the jewels were her way out. Everything's on the table with that bird. She's clearly a woman of hidden depths. Is there anything you learned from her in your time together in the East Library? I mean, I learned some, she learned some, but I don't think that'll help us much with the case. Right, clear, and congratulations. Which leaves us with number four, the banker. Possible alias, Mr. Hastings. Seen fleeing the scene of the second crime, where he ostensibly returned a set of very convincing counterfeits of the Crimea jewels. But why? Why put yourself at risk of discovery to return a fake version of the jewels you stole, especially when someone else has been convicted of the crime, leaving you in the clear? Guilt? Maybe they felt bad that an innocent woman was going to hang for their crime. Pride? Maybe they didn't want someone else getting credit for their crime. Yes, yes, or maybe this rabbit hole goes deeper than we ever imagined. Which brings us to evidence number one. I don't think that's what it's called. Madge. I'm just saying. Thank you. Now, evidence number one. You know what? You're right. It doesn't sound right to my ear either. Right? Well, for the purposes of our investigation, it is. Now... Evidence number... Ah! We were on a roll here. Expecting guests. It's not like I keep a list. Wait, we don't know who it is. We should hide! Afternoon. Is that... Sarah Fletchley, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. Sorry to swing by unannounced, but I was in the neighbourhood and, well, I hadn't heard from you since yesterday and I thought I'd check in on the case. No trouble at all. Can I get you a drink? Oh, that'd be lovely. Whatever you're having. Great choice. So, how have the last 24 hours of the investigation gone for you? Absolutely swimmingly, thank you. What he means is that the plot has switched from soup to stew. Oh, wonderful. So, what does that actually mean? Is stew good? Have you uncovered any new evidence, or...? Yes, we are actually about to start recapping all of our evidence just now. What incredible timing. How serendipitous. Yes, that's what I was going to... How also serendipitous. There you are. Gin sling for you, milady. <clears throat> Pickle juice. That palate. We ran out of lemons. Mm. It works. I know. <clears throat> yes, can I help you, James? No drink for me. You know where the bar is? What is happening right now? All right, now, everyone settled? Yes. Well, I... Good. Okay, so, evidence number... Hampton, do you want anything? In fact, I do. I would love to get to the evidence. I'm making you a gin sling as well. You know how it makes me uncomfortable when there's only one person not drinking. Fine, thank you. Now, evidence number one. The wooden boxes that Crimea... Is that not hitting anyone else's ear a bit odd? I don't think that's the word. I would think expediency would be paramount at the moment. Do we really want to waste time arguing over semantics? You're right. Thank you, Madge. It's not evidence number one. It's exhibit A. Exhibit, exhibit a. a. I knew that right. too. I'm a mark for trials at the Old Bailey. Tuesdays are open to the public. Picked up on some of the jargon. Wait, you go to those too? I'm on a mailing list. How have I never seen you there? I could ask you the same question. There's a murder trial next week. 
If you want to maybe... If this all gets sorted, fingers crossed. That's one good use for them. Oh my God, if nobody is going to pay attention, then I'm going back to evidence number one. It really doesn't matter. Does if you want to be taken seriously. It doesn't matter. All right, fine. Exhibit A. The wooden box from Crimea. Maplewood box. What's the difference? It's imported, which means it's expensive, which means he's rich. Excellent observation. It was. Thank you. Maplewood box, comma, Crimea. Got it. Excellent deduction, James. All right. Three Maplewood boxes from one Jonathan Crimea, the contents of which include one pair of briefs, styled small, one mask, styled cheap, and one business card with nothing but a time, 22 o'clock, and three handwritten numbers, 9, 2, and 23. James, if you wouldn't mind pinning this to the evidence wall. Why do I have to pin it? I... you don't have to, I'm just asking you. I'm sitting and you're standing, that makes absolutely no sense. Oh my... fine, I'll do it. Now, to figure out what it all means... Could the numbers be some sort of code for a meeting of some kind? Yes. Excellent assertion. I love codes. Madge, write that down. James is closer to the paper. James, write that down. But, excellent. Now, Exhibit B. Madge. I'm the evidence. I'm honoured. You mentioned that you saw Sazerac with some suspicious documents in the library. Expound on that. Every detail counts. And did you happen to clock the brand of toilet paper he keeps? I feel like I could get him on the Scott Brothers train fairly easily. Oh, yeah? You want to sell him a ping-pong league or a recordable candle as well? If anyone could, dear Madge. Sad thing is, he's right. Look at that face. Anyway, I discovered Ms. Sazerac in the midst of a suspicious business dealing with that funny-looking banker, Mr. Hastings. Bunch of documents involving building demolition and land acquisition. Turns out, the Crimea estate isn't just in the market to imprison innocent housekeepers, namely your mum. They're also trying to snatch up as much available real estate as possible in the East End, the Rookery and Bermondsey. That all sounds like serious business. James, write that down. So, Exhibit B. Buying buildings in... Shitholes. Okay. What? I live in the East End. I'm so sorry. For many reasons. Maybe you can tell us then, why would Jonathan Crimea be so concerned with buying up real estate in your neighbourhood? Obviously, he's two shots short of a cocktail. James is right. I don't think we can read anything particularly suspicious into a rich person wanting more of anything. That's kind of just their thing. Plus, the real estate there can't cost more than a smile and a song. Just going to continue taking the piss out of my neighbourhood. Yes, you're right, and on James's behalf, I apologise. What? The East End is certainly more than dark alleys, urine-stained streets and that one good pie shop. Put a pin in that literally and metaphorically. On to evidence. Exhibit. Exhibit. See? A ring. Real pewter. Still to be determined, taken by yours truly directly from the finger of our number one suspect. Mr. Hastings. Banker, not of Bouverie and Sons. As we can all see, a simple band. Wedding ring, perhaps? Seemingly likely, but also 
unlikely. As you can see, the ring is inscribed with the symbol of a hammer and anvil. Not exactly the most romantic of images. But perhaps another clue pointing toward my secret gambling society theory. So, point to me. Or he just has an eclectic taste in rings and a penchant for blacksmithing. Sure. Or that. You know, I must say, these are more clues than I thought we'd have at this point. You didn't think we'd have three? I was paying you a compliment. Just wait till you hear Exhibit D, our biggest and best clue yet. Exhibit D, the Crimea jewels that were just returned at some point in the last 24 hours. Wait, why didn't you start with that? Exactly! Putting my own flabbergastation aside, we got word from our man on the inside at Scotland Yard that when he went to investigate the chest a couple of hours ago, the jewels were returned. So, if they're returned, then the case is over, right? That's the wrinkle. As Hampton said, Crimea had his appraisers take a look to verify them, and they dubbed them a counterfeit. Or at least that's what our man on the inside said. I don't know, he's being a right shit at the moment. But... But that doesn't make any sense. Ugh, men, right? Like, who even needs them? How do they know the jewels weren't fake to begin with? Maybe Crimea arranged this himself to cover up the fact that they were counterfeit from the start. (laughs) Okay. Now that's a theory. I love it. My inquiries were more, why would anyone in their right mind want to create the illusion that the jewels had returned? And who would be dumb enough to do it with counterfeit jewels? But the good news is, it means that everyone with this information knows your mum is innocent. But the bad news is that only about four people actually have this information, and Scotland Yard is so concerned with preserving their reputation that they'll do almost anything to keep it that way. Unless we catch the real thief. Then we just need to get that information to the public. That shouldn't be too difficult, right? I mean, respectfully, the Times will publish anything these days to stay in print. Hold on a tick! Do you remember how Crimea kept talking about the times when we were there? Oh, how could I ever forget? He winked at one point. It's like, mate, are you trying to fuck the times? So glad you're bringing it up so we can unpack. It reminded me. Martha and I used to send each other letters in code for obvious reasons. God, I remember when I thought that was the height of romance. You know, being a secret. Anyway, we would use the standard, but I bet this would work for the times. Do we have today's edition? Oh, I bet it's still in the bin. Sorry, who's Martha? An ex-lady friend of mine. Very heavy emphasis on ex. Good for you. She never believed in you. I can very much relate. I'm sure. Got it! Here. All right, so the first number is the page number. Page nine. Column next. Two. There it is. And line 23? There is no line 23. There's only 22 lines and then that ridiculous ad. Worth a shot. Valiant effort, Madge. Wait a second. What if the 23rd line is the ad? You think he gave us a card so we would be sure to see this badly drawn picture of a salaciously clad woman? Well, it doesn't not make sense. No, but maybe he wanted you to see the address for the establishment the salaciously clad woman is inviting you to. The Admiral's Shanks. I've never heard of it, but as Madge would say... That's no surprise. That is what I'd say. But even I haven't heard of that one. James? Well, I mean, of course I've heard of it, but just never made my way down. The Admiral Shanks is a den for the most crooked and depraved in all of London. 
A regular who's who of the creme de la creme of swindlers, hustlers, busters and jugglers. Right, a real shithole. How did you know that? I used to work there. Well, you seem to be the expert. You'll be indispensable in our mission tonight, infiltrating the Admiral's shanks. I can get you in. But there's something else you should know about the Admiral's shanks. Not only is it a magnet for the seediest, most depraved clientele in all of London, but according to this ad, it's casino night. Casino night, you say? I have just the outfit. You see, it's perfect, actually. A miniaturized phonograph. Small enough to fit into, well, anything really, I'm hearing. Perhaps the size of a handbag or even an ascot pin. To be honest, James, I really don't see how your investment business has anything to do with the case at hand. It has everything to do with the case at hand. Imagine undercover work if you could store a recording device in a discreet, on-trend location on your person. I don't know. I just don't buy this audio-is-the-future nonsense. What's wrong with the written word? There's nothing wrong with it, except that it's bored. Wait, is that them? Maybe. It's hard to tell. I think that's them. Why didn't we all come together again? Madge and Sarah's usual attire wasn't particularly suited to a casino night theme, and considering they are acting as our companions this evening, it seemed only polite to send them out to find some proper outfits. Very gentlemanly of us. Plus, I sort of thought Sarah could use a win, you know? Mother about to be hanged. New outfit. Evens right out. Well, only one way to find out if it's them, I suppose. Madge! Sarah! It's us! Hampton and James! From the case! Oi! Stop waving about. You look like a desperate penguin trying to take flight. Got your attention, though. Ten o'clock on the dot. Are you honestly wearing tuxedos? Uh, absolutely we're honestly wearing tuxedos. See, the thought process was... We're about to cavort with miscreant gamblers, Miss Fletchley. We must dress the part. And James won't be caught dead in a room where he's the only one not wearing a tuxedo. Not again. Madge, love the dress. Blow it out your top, Hampton. You and I both know this looks about as natural as a shit show in pyjamas. I think you pull it off quite nicely, but I also think our goal tonight is reconnaissance, not crashing a Carpathian wedding. You have no idea how nicely I can pull this off. Sarah, I think you're underestimating the versatility of the tuxedo. And I think you're overestimating the definition of versatility. Apologies for the intrusion. You don't happen to have a spare few pence, do you? It's not for drink. Truth be told, I'm taking night classes through the window at the university. Sorry, sir. Unfortunately, we do not. We just dressed up this way as a disguise. We're actually all very poor. Speak for yourself. You, sir, what's your name? George. Well, George. George Kensington. Ah, well, George Kensington, here you are, a shiny silver shilling. Thank you, sir. And might I add how handsome you are? Oh, please, go on. Is there another shilling in it for me? I'm in the business of compliments. And business is booming, George. Business is a booming. Now, shall we casino? Cassin... Yes. No, no one no. asked for that. You, and you no. should be ashamed of yourself. Password. Oh, that's me. 
Hello, my... Now, dear Hampton, watch the master. Old chap, good to see you again. I'm sure you recognize me from my several other times visiting your fine establishment. Rummy jugglers. Have a nice night. But, uh, oh, come on. That was amazing. So glad you're with us. Happy to help. So, here we are. The Admiral Shanks. And you used to work here? Unfortunately. And you had to wear that. The lace with the bare angle. Match! What? You were thinking it. No, I wasn't. I really wasn't. It's a shame they don't have this same place, but with men. Who would even go? Men. Oh, right. Oh, there's the hostess. Stay put right there, James. I'll be right back. Stay put? Why do I have to stay? Cheerio, ma'am. My associates and I were wondering if you could escort us to a table. Well, hello, stud muffins and side pieces. Welcome to the Admiral's Shanks. Would you like me to lead you to a game? That would be... Phoebe, it's Sarah. I'm sorry, ma'am. You're going to have to be more specific. St. George's Day, 86. You and I drank an entire bottle of gin and ate a whole jar of pickled eggs. Ever since, you haven't touched gin and I haven't touched eggs. Blimey, Sarah, what on God's ghost girdle are you doing here? And on casino night, no less? You know, if the boss recognises you, she's going to bounce your tits into the Thames three ways from Sunday. Which is exactly why you're not going to say anything, but you are going to seat us near her table. Oh, yeah? What's in it for me? That's a nice chain. Wages here the same? You know they are. Then I'm sure you don't want me telling anyone where you got the money for that, do you? I missed you, Fletchley. (laughs) Right this way. That was amazing. I mean, I know people too. You don't see me bragging about it. Oh, yeah, sure, I know. Like who? Like... George. George? The homeless man we all just met outside. And others. Oi, dicks. Ow! What was that for? Yuck. Obviously, I need a room with privacy or my associate Oscar here will grind your bones to make his... Sazerac. And Oscar. Aha! I know them. Why are they here? I thought Sazerac said she never left the estate. And what is she doing here that she needs Oscar as backup? Oh, shit. What? They're not the only surprise on the guest list tonight. And we try and we say, these ain't real scones. And Inspector Cartwright here, he got so mad that he flipped up a table, took out his nightstick, and then we got to kneading the dough. Archie and McMurphy. That's his name, right? McMurphy? It sounds right. You know them. One's my partner, the other's some guy he works with. I thought Hampton was your partner. Different Different partners. Oh, right. Archie didn't tell me he was going to the pub. Why wouldn't he tell me that? I love pubs. He's our man on the inside at Scotland Yard. Oh, the one who put my mum away. Good to know. He's also the one who gave us the tip about the fake jewels, if that makes a difference. He's also the one who doesn't want me on the case anymore. Like an ass with a stupid moustache. 
Great, now I have to lay low, which is the opposite of all of my impulses in a tuxedo. But what's he doing here? No offense, but this doesn't really feel like Archie's vibe. We used to get all sorts from Scotland Yard. Must have something to do with the lace. So that means there are more officers about? On casino night? I'd say that's a safe bet. Well, at the risk of being a cliché, James, why don't you and I go investigate Oscar and Sazerac, getting you out of Archie's sightlines, and you two play the tables and figure out anything you can about what Crimea and his volunteers have to do with this place. Yes, and great plan, Madge, but are you sure? Oh, absolutely. We can handle this. The beauty of any party is the ability to divide and conquer. It's just... What? You don't think I can do it? My God, does no one... No, it's just that... Oscar will recognize your face. Oh, Hampton. So innocent. So pure. So underestimating. No, he won't. Come, Madge. Hampton, Sarah, don't wait up. Okay, just be careful. Here's your table, sweetie. Can I put in a drink order for either of you? Pickle gin? <laughs> Get bucked. That's fine. I'll ask for an ale on the way back. Uh, actually, Hampton, I might be recognised here. Perhaps I should go follow James and Madge, make sure they don't fall into any- Oh ye of little faith. We have to give them a chance to surprise us. The same way you surprised us with your incredibly useful friendship with the hostess. And now allow me to return the favour, because I think you'll find I also won't have a hard time blending in with these miscreants. Now, my good man, what sort of- game do we have here? Oi, James, why are you walking facing the wall? Because, Madge, I can't afford to draw excess attention to myself. I'm already reinventing fashion with this tuxedo. It's an uphill battle. Right, then don't turn around now. The jealousy is palpable. Oh, I can feel their eyes, but I can't give the people what they want. We must be but flies on the wall, observing and detecting better than Archie, Hampton, and Sarah. You're really going through something, aren't you? Not for long, I'm not! All right, James, I love you, but you keep breaking down this loudly and you're really going to get us... Miss Pangea? Spotted. Why, yes! Hello, Miss Sazerac. Fancy seeing an accountant like you at a pub like this. Furina, please. I think it's safe to say we can throw formalities on the coals. The hot... Burning coals. Right. Let's do that, then. I'm so glad you made it. Cut it rather close, didn't you? Oh, you know me, woman of mystery. Furina, this is my associate. Associate, sure, whatever. Sure? Whatever? You know, Daphne, I could use your keen insight and sparkling wit in my private room for a few moments. You have a private room? Here. Oh, sweet star-eyed beauty, yes. I'm a member. Well, who could pass up that experience? I will be back as soon as my host is through with me. Sounds like a challenge. Come, Miss Pangea. Wait, don't leave me here with me. Oh, my God. Hello. I'm... George, if I got that right. You did. For a sanitation worker, you clean up like a vic at the opera, don't you? Yes. And I believe 
as all sanitation workers must, in excellent personal hygiene, and and uh, and treating myself to one nice suit uh, uh, a month, a year, every few years. It was my father's. Huh. Must be nice. Well, if I'm being honest, it had its ups and downs, really, but... You're late. I beg pardon? I hope you brought your Maplewood box, Mr. Stallion. Because you're going to need it. I am. What fun. Fox and Stallion is written and directed by Ian Gears and Lauren Grace Thompson. This episode was sound designed by Sarah Bojinski and original music was composed by Baldemar. This episode featured Jeremy Thompson as Hampton Fox, Chris Fizaraga as James Stallion, Katie McLean Hainsworth as Madge Stallion, Lauren Grace Thompson as Sarah Fletchley, Sarah Price as Phoebe, Tina Munoz Panja as Sazerac, Mike Wee as Oscar, Ian Gears as Constable McMurphy, Daniel Milhouse as George, and Chris Hainsworth as The Bouncer. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr at 224BBaker, or on our website, 224BBaker.com. Join us next time for Part 7, The Case of the Casino Night Caper. Hello and welcome to the Annabelle H. Godfrey Historic Estate and Museum. Thank you for joining us on the Godfrey's world-famous audio guide. I'll be your host for the duration of your time here at the estate, and look forward to enlightening you as to the history and unique beauty of Annabelle's eclectic collection of art, antiquities, and curiosities. But before we begin, I must go over a few notices and estate rules. Firstly, on the chance that you failed to read the fine print when checking out this audio guide, and are currently standing in the middle of our atrium, waiting for a staff member to come and collect you, this is a self-guided tour. Each audio guide is equipped with a GPS tracking device, which triggers the commentary for the nearest collection item. This provides the dual benefit of a custom experience for you and helping the Godfrey staff locate unreturned audio guides. Many audio guides are discovered abandoned in dark and seldom traversed corners of the estate, their patrons nowhere to be found. Which leads me to my second point of business. Stay out of the shadows. Thirdly, breaks in commentary as you move between collection items may be filled with historical tidbits about the estate, details about current or upcoming exhibits and offerings, general announcements, or words from our sponsor. Do not be alarmed when these start playing. And no, you cannot mute or skip them. Fourthly, and this should go without saying, do not touch any collection items. This is for your own safety. That's all for now. Shall we begin? The Godfrey Audio Guide is a fiction podcast that blends horror, sci-fi, and art history, both real and imagined, and which guides the listener through the mysterious Godfrey Estate and Museum. Interested in taking the tour? Find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. See you at the museum. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
What kind of woman becomes a pirate? From the makers of Mockery Manor. Violent, insane, not at all comely, and they smell like a couple of dead badgers preserved in cheap rum. Comes an adventure on the high seas. Will you pay extra if I push a little harder? No, 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 please. I'm just a writer. I'm writing a book and I would like you to be in it. Inspired by the lives and loves of the pirates Anne Bonny and Mary Reed. You think you know me, Anne? Do you think I never got my hands dirty? Your mind's been so twisted, you think pirates deserve mercy. Did either of you ever meet Blackbeard? Everyone loves a rebel. They love to see him swing, too. Put your weapons away, both of you. Stop it, Reed! Reed! Oh, Anne and Mary! Fight like men! Or he'll hang like dogs! Starring Christina Bianco, Suze Kempner, Hamilton's Carl Queensborough, and more. Do they have tails? Somebody told me they have tails. I haven't seen a tail, your ladyship. The Ballad of Anne and Mary. Available now wherever you get podcasts.